Hey, Merry Christmas. This is Brian, and you're listening to What's Eating You. As always, I'm with my co-host, Ariel Yeti. Hey. Follow me on Instagram at Brian L. Yang and on Twitter at Brian Yang. And Ariel, you can follow her at Ariel Yeti on Instagram and Twitter. Ooh. And I as always, yeah. we're presented by Listening Party and recording inside Canal Street Radio. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Welcome to the show, Chef. Ooh, we got a uh, chef this week, guys. Uh, man of the people, Jason Wong, everybody. Yeah. yeah, Jason Wong. Jason Wong. Thanks for being on, man. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, <laughs> before we begin, what uh, what might have people eaten of yours that they yes, would know about? Yes, introduce yourself a little, you, Jason You've Wong. cooked with some of the best chefs on the planet. You've, uh, you've cooked at the Queen's Night Market, which is this huge... Uh, have you ever gone to the Queen's no. Night Market? It's so popular. I went one night. We couldn't even get to the market because there were so many people. We could get to the street, and it was shoulder to shoulder packed. We just turned right around, got back on the train, and went straight back home. Whoa! Yeah, because there was well, no I way to get Well, I must go there now. Yeah, I need to try it. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah. Sure. That's a, that's a load of questions. How long do you guys got? We have, uh, we have about an hour. We have so an hour. Make it yeah. snappy. You got it. You got it. Well, I'm actually, I moonlight as a chef, actually. Um, Monday to Friday, most of the time, I, I'm still in my corporate job. And then whatever time I have left, you know, I invested in improving my, my craft. And, you know, a few years ago, I decided to go, go to culinary school while working a full-time job in the banking industry what? and along the, the path i met some wonderful individuals jason is on his lunch break right now <laughs> this is are you really <laughs> no you're not technically what oh my god oh my god i thought you were just a asians chef are the most hardworking like people yeah i feel like a real Earth. life bum right now <laughs> this is this is a show to shame me pretty much oh jason's man. losing money being here yeah oh my god thank you for coming jason okay so you're on your lunch break let's make this work okay no 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 worries uh, but you know Appreciate you guys having me on. So that's, I guess the you know the quickest way to describe my indirect path into the culinary world. Okay. Were you um your passion for cooking? Did that come from your family, or was it just like something you picked up on your own? It's a mix of both, I, and I guess my dirty secret actually was that um, growing up, I actually hated hated working in in the traditional restaurant sense um guys oh did your family own a restaurant yes oh Oh, wow okay they did but it's like the the classic american dream story right parents that came here with nothing um and what do you do you open a restaurant right it's really hard work you put in everything into it but necessarily they didn't have to write um ideas or maybe the education to really run it like a true business sure mm. they knew how to cook right they knew how to yeah. cook yeah. and they were doing it for more of the survival piece mm-hmm. you know getting their family through it and whatever um, earnings um, we were able to make goes directly into the business and literally you know just it, um, in terms of um, it was really for survival just working mm-hmm. to make ends meet, to not even meet. to have anything extra, right? Exactly. Did so it sounds like that's what made you go into finance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you work at the restaurant? I did. Okay. Uh, it was my extracurricular you know, throughout <laughs> throughout high school, pretty much. You know, classes, went to the restaurant, worked, and then get your schoolwork done. And, you know. Did you basically do every job at the restaurant? Pretty much. Because in my hometown, that's kind of the thing. If you go to the local mom and pop uh, Asian restaurant, it's like the kids are the servers or they're uh, the delivery guys. They just kind of do any odd job um, at the restaurant. Pretty much. It's a great character building exercise. Yeah. Yeah. My family, we did not have a restaurant, but we had like a corner store and we also had a gas station. Oh, like a bodega. Yeah. So we had a bodega. It was Lieti Bodega. What? I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. We, we got to dive that. deep into that sometime. <laughs> yeah. That's food news. That is food news. <laughs> That's for next time. But yeah, and we had the gas station show. My my father, as a kid, like just worked at the gas station mm-hmm. and would try to get tips from people. It wouldn't really work out for him, but <laughs> yeah. So what kind of food did you guys serve? 
we did we did the you know the stereotypical I guess orange chicken yeah yeah, yeah. I already did I don't swells, care you know mm-hmm. you give me any one of those menus I can make you a full you know full course every mm. uh, every restaurant no matter where you go the number twenty four is the same thing the number <laughs> for really? some reason the template's the same in every state pretty much they don't want to mess with something that works yeah you know pretty much <laughs> so then what do you cook now what is your specialty. Do you have a specialty? Ah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I'd say I don't have a specialty at the moment. It's just more like you know, I, I I'm still relatively um, young to the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what this is, I would say formally with the training and stuff, probably year four to five. You know, oh, okay. um, and on, on on the side, I've been just trying to pick up random techniques. You know, um, pick up random shifts uh, at restaurants on weekends. Uh, or just, you know, shadow and, and stodge with, you know, chefs whom I admired. And sometimes, you know, th- this industry, I think, you know, restaurants, they could always use free help. And yeah. there's nothing like, if, if you know the skill sets, you're like, hey, and you just want to, like, call email or cold call chefs. Like, hey, I'd love to see how your, you know, places run. Do you mind, like, coming for a stodge? More often than not, they won't, you know, they'll say yes. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That, that is sounds insane. Like, we were talking about this before uh, we started recording. It's just like stand up. Yeah. Where, like, if a headliner needs a ride somewhere, they might take you up on it. Like, you right. can open for me. I'll pay you, like, almost nothing. But you get the experience of being around someone who's, like, a seasoned veteran right. in their craft. Because uh, you recently, what was that event that you cooked at recently with, like, Daniel Ballou, David Kinch, like all, these are like the best chefs on planet Earth right now, and you were like uh, cooking with them. Wow. Th- that was a that was a volunteer event. Um, that was actually um, what early early March around April period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an event called La Poli, um, which celebrates the um, the beauties and bounties of Burgundy, and it's like a week long uh, event. Um, and in particular to New York, at least, it's actually done um, across the world. So you have it, you know, across certain cities. And New York just happened to fall around that time. And you know, as a through my culinary community, through my school, actually, um, they were recruiting, you know, both alumni or just current students. They're like, hey, we have these slots open for these chefs. Um, if you're interested let us know send us like a brief description your cover letter your your resume yeah. and we'll see if we could get you a slot it's like a comedy festival yeah That's you lose really. money doing these comedy festivals but you but gain experience exactly so then what made you so now a what made you want to start doing this and b is this now your new path are you going to leave finance you don't have to tell us where you work because they will listen <laughs> and they will fire you <laughs> but are you going to leave finance and move into this world a full time I think at some point, yes. I, I think at the end of the day, right, isn't that what we are all trying to work yeah. our best towards to? Right. right? Yeah. You may not necessarily know what you're doing at the moment, and that's this is like the great profound question mm-hmm. that you always ask yourself, right? But if you're not necessarily enjoying what you're doing, then you still make sure you do the best job you can currently to you know whatever it may be, cash flow or right. just basic sustain, you know sustainability. Um, and on the side, you invest as much time as you have left to discovering what that is. And as long as you're productive and, and you're practical, I think the path eventually reveals itself. Definitely. And mm-hmm. then you just have the courage to, to jump. Yeah. Was yeah. it this thing of uh, you grew up working in a restaurant, so you went fully the other way? And probably your parents didn't want you to be a cook either, right? Because yep. they're like, we did it. It's, it's a really hard. Right. Um, but I guess... That's the funny thing is like it's in your DNA probably, yeah. right? Because you grew up doing it and now you're you're just using um, those classic French techniques that you learned in culinary school, right? And kind of – but the awesome thing is now you have a finance background. You can marry the two things yeah. and have a successful business and do what you love now, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. I think the, the blending uh, of both worlds definitely enables me to – to develop a different perspective. I think, you know, having come from the finance background, you know, it enables me to learn how to, the finance side of the business, right? right. Manage a balance sheet. Which uh, I think 
that's a hard thing for a lot of creative types, yeah. whether it's chefs or actors or musicians, you know how to do the craft really well. Mm-hmm. The business side is like, I don't know how yeah. to save money or make money. Mm-hmm. That's the hard or part. Or be a person. All yeah. I can do is, is the craft and right. I don't know anything else. Oh man. So what, uh, <laughs> what are those things that you see a lot of pure just cooks who aren't um, in the banking industry? What are mistakes people make that bleed them dry? Like, cause you hear that restaurants don't become profitable for several years, right? Like, yep. and is it just like um, cost efficiency, making sure uh, that your um, price points are the correct number? Like, what what are things you can do to have a eventually profitable business or a restaurant? That's a great question. Uh, it's also a load of questions. Oh, like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> because <laughs> in, in New York City, right? Especially, it's such a demanding city, right? And if you cut, your, if you if you could cut your teeth here, and say survive for three years, then you pretty much, I would say, you're, you're on okay. a pretty good, yeah, good mm-hmm. road, right? You can do but it anywhere. It's crazy. You see restaurants right. close in six months all the time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, is your parents' restaurant still around? No, we sold the business back in two thousand, the latter part of two thousand eight, so close to two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they had it for how many years? Uh, for six, six and a half years. Okay, that's yeah. pretty long time, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. So it was just enough, uh, you know, we got everything done. Um, um, and, you know, during, from my high school days to the first two years of college, and really, like, at some point, it also, it also just took a toll on them as well. Yeah. They couldn't oh, do I it. Um, for sure. No days off. No days off. Restaurants are n- no joke. No, it's off. not a cute little thing you just you start to do. You can come to Chinatown tomorrow on Christmas Day oh, and you will be fed a wonderful well. meal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one works harder than Asians. Um, so I think this is the moment where we talk about what's eating you. That's right. right. This is the segment where we talk about whatever's uh, been bothering us or nagging us this week. Um, Ariel, what's been eating you? Oh, oh, I didn't quite think about it. Uh, <laughs> I can start. Well, no, you know, okay, okay, I will talk about this specifically. So I work in the city sometimes for at the market, and this week is the worst week because it's all of these tourists. Everything is terrible. It takes me forever to get home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today, someone, like, shoulder-checked the shit out of me. <laughs> I wouldn't get out of my way. Dude. So I dropped my beautiful coffee cup, and luckily it did not break. Oh, it looks good. They, but, yeah, dude, it it's wild over there right now. It is the wild, wild west. I just walked by, and I didn't want to go in because yeah. it looked nuts. I know. I don't want to live this way anymore. So... <laughs> Um, be kind to your neighbors. You know, I think that's what's eating me this week is just everyone's being insane. Yeah. Crazy people. Well, tourists don't know how to walk. No, they don't. And they're walking slow or they'll stop in the middle. Of the, oh, my God. I hate when they walk five wide on the yes. sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. They have no idea. Make a straight line, man. Just go straight and, and get to your place. Your huge Wisconsin asses <laughs> are blocking the whole block, dude. I'm trying to get somewhere, you know? Uh, I know you've never been here before. I know. You're Enjoy looking up city. at all the buildings. Great. Good for you. But walking Everything smells like piss. Line. Yes, there are homeless people. <laughs> Can you walk single file and get where you need to get? It's crazy. Jason, are you originally from New York? Um, originally, actually from China. Born in China. Grew up in New York. Got and it. New York has been home ever since. Okay. Oh, so your rest, your family restaurant was in... Uh, it's near. It's in New York. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, you know, my family, we came here. Uh, most of my family... Um, Came here in '96. Okay, you know, so you really did the—that's the immigrant story, the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so I will say that tourists <laughs> don't know how to. No, they don't. Don't know how to be they people. Don't. And I get it. It's fine. You can have fun. I never understand. You can have fun. You can have some fun well, as a treat. Why well, I asked if you're from here is because. I always think I've lived in New York now for almost uh, 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And now living here, I would never bring children here for a vacation. No. <laughs> like, it's so weird when I see people with like their little kids, obviously from somewhere in the Midwest. Like, this is not Disneyland. It's not, like, fun for kids. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> restaurants and bars. I yeah. get, like, if you're, like, on a honeymoon or if you're, like, just, like, a couple. Like, totally. No, yeah, I like you said, restaurant and bars. A honeymoon, I don't get either. You can go. But, like, there's Broadway. There's stuff oh, for adults. Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay, there's okay. nothing for children in New York. Well, you know, it's funny, right? Um, Dave and Buster's. <laughs> here's, here's a matter of, I think, perspective. I think us who, 
who are from you know the city like New York and stuff like that. Sometimes our escape is to go to somewhere quiet, right? Like that right? True. That You're makes right. sense to me. Right. right. Why would you come here? Right. Vers- this is not fun. Versus like you see a lot of tourists who actually who come from a place who you know that's probably beautiful you know like <laughs> yeah. rural and it smells know, charming. good the air like, is we clean wanna, we want to go to the urban jungle and see <laughs> what true. the hell we're you know <laughs> everyone's true. talking about when my mother-in-law comes here she's always every five seconds she says like i can never live here i can never live here. i don't know how you guys live here <laughs> yeah my, so i guess that's what it mostly is one of my friends just came up from montana and we had like a christmas get together the other day we decorate gingerbread cookies every year Aww. it's adorable and um he is totally different now that he lives in Montana. It's like changed his life. He's very zen. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I could never live here again. And he was making great points. And I'm like, I'm going to move to Montana. Except I'm not because there's only white people there. And I wouldn't be able to survive. <laughs> is this a white person? This is a white person. So oh, he's okay. fine. He's so fine. he went back to his... He went back to his roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes, yeah, obviously if you're white, you could live anywhere. That's yeah, the thing. that's true. That's a uh, great thing about being white. Yeah, you can go wherever <laughs> you, you want. Pick up Montana, and leave. I have to really think about it. Because yeah. I would move to like Colorado, but it is too white. It's so white. It's too white. I mean, there are brown, there are brown people there. <laughs> not that many, but they are there. Mm-hmm. Montana is really... Only it's white. only white people and also <laughs> it's like there's like seven white people in montana that's it yeah and when he left there were six yeah he uh lives among cows and stuff mm-hmm. it's a lot i couldn't it's there's more cows than people that's that yeah same. that is so there's the two ends of the spectrum there's montana there's new york those are the <laughs> you have to ends. find the middle yeah i don't know where yeah. it is a, a brown middle my what's eating you is similar i was on the train here uh to the pod and there was a couple just straight up watching netflix full blast on their phone ah! and i was like dude i want to kill myself right now <laughs> what are they watching yeah I, I don't i think it was uh the witcher what yeah what a weird thing it's like you guys can't not no. watch your show that's right? how you know they're poor because they don't have airpods that they can fucking <laughs> do that with well but they have a netflix and they yeah, have okay, anyone could have netflix you just use someone else's netflix i guess so yeah, yeah. But it's just that's his ex-girlfriend's right? Netflix. You that know they what's were using. the weirdest thing too? Only psychos get reception underground. Oh, uh-huh. true, 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 true. Me, me, me. I never, I, I can never watch Netflix underground. But somehow, only crazy people have full bars underground. They can I listen to their psycho music. <laughs> they can watch The Witcher. I dead ass watched Marriage Story underground, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is insane. It's a crazy thing to do. Is watch Marriage Story on the like R <laughs> and wait till it like, Double stops depression. working. Yeah, it really Dude, was. I've never seen like a sane person scream on their phone <laughs> underground. Only crazy people are like, yeah. how how do you have reception right now <laughs> to yell at your wife? Yeah, we're like five hundred feet beneath the crust of the understand. earth. I never understand. I'm like, how long are you gonna have this conversation until you yeah. until it disconnects? And they're just like screaming into the phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. it's like how do you have bars down here? <laughs> yeah, so I that's what's it. eating me. I, I feel that. Jason, what's eating you? Uh, you totally stole. stole oh, it's the same. Yeah. Um, if not Netflix, you know, people playing Netflix, it's people like just blasting music, you know, like. It's ambiance. What do you not understand? <laughs> it's like we have enough noise on the subway sometimes. Yeah, that's you know, true. You, just, you don't want to hear that guy's mixtape on the <laughs> train? Is that not for you? No, no. Uh. I just want my book, you know, like. <laughs> During my morning commute, I'm to sorry. The city. Did you want peace and quiet <laughs> on public transportation? No, like, <laughs> I don't mind the, the noise, right? Sometimes it's 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 great. Like it's part you, of the city. Yeah, yeah. part yeah. of the city, right? But but then you always have just one person coming in with one of those like you know boom boxes sometimes, or like you know yeah. they're just blasting on their on their phone, and it's like, yeah. listen, I don't need to listen to your music, no. you know, like just just. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand that either. Yeah. yeah. One time a guy came on blasting like crazy Greek music. Okay. And I'm like, dude, no one else wants this. Come on, Brian. Except you don't for want you. culture? <laughs> <laughs> Only you <laughs> listens to this music. Like at least so- when someone plays like pop or hip hop, yeah. it's like, okay, this is like popular music. Yeah. I don't really want to hear it, but I've heard this song before. This dude was blasting like uh, music from the old country. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people are listening on their headphones, but you could hear it still. That's even crazy. Um, I saw a grown ass man recently, like a grown ass Indian man listening to Katy Perry, full blast, Dark Horse. Love that. And I'm like, did not think that you would be listening to Dark Horse, which is like an old song. Dark Horse goes, though. (laughs) 
does it? <laughs> on, that, on, on that note, though, you know, I, I feel like some people are really happy when they're like listening to whatever music yeah. that they're listening to. And you're like, you know, I like... I like your energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the energy. The energy. <laughs> well, oh, yes. that's what's eating us. That's what's eating us. Uh, we'll do our Eat of the Week next. Okay. When we come back. All right, we're back. It's time for Eat of the Week. Jason, what's something uh, amazing that you've eaten this week? Something that just pops into your head? Something amazing. Um, your Instagram is great, by the way. What's <laughs> your Instagram handle uh, so people can follow you? Um, Jason H underscore New York. Yeah. Uh, NY. Yeah. You eat really well. <laughs> Thank you. And also, you do, you've do. you done the New York City Marathon five years in a row? Five years in a row. What's the balance? Because you eat well. Do you just not overeat or do you just overeat once in a while? He just doesn't have mental or do illness you just, like yeah, us. No, like, see, when I saw your Instagram, I was like, wait, you're, you're a chef. You eat, like, you you were just in New Orleans, right? Yeah. I stalked your, I heavily stalked Jason's <laughs> okay. Instagram. I, I have okay. a man crush That's since fine. day one. That's fine. Because um, uh, you're living the life that I would live <laughs> if I could be a professional chef. Like, that, that would be the job I would want if I wasn't a comedian. Um so you're eating well. You're you're going to the best restaurants, cooking with the best chefs, and also you have the mental fortitude to not be out of shape because mm-hmm. you've done the marathon five years in a row, and you have to qualify for the New York, right? Or at least there are different ways of getting yeah. in without qualifying. Okay, uh, I unfortunately am not on that level of qualifying, but as I said, there are other ways of getting into it, whether it be you know joining a charity, which is okay. a great cause. Sure, uh, I'm a big fan of Team for Kids, a great charity. Um, Another way is do the lottery, um, so right. anyone can enter and get picked. Or you know the New York Runners has a great nine plus one program, so there's another venue. Gotcha. Doing it. Yeah. You wanna you wanna run? <laughs> no, I like I like how Jason gave us all the information. He's like, so. like uh, I will not be using it. <laughs> If anyone on the pod is listening, <laughs> you guys can run. I will watch you. I will cheer for you. I love uh, that about you. I guess I just didn't win the lottery no. for running a uh, marathon. We should pretend that we were, that we added ourselves to the lottery. Oh, then if what? What I would do is did. like I'll give to the charity, but yeah, I yeah. won't run. Right, right. And I feel like that's the best way to do it. So what's the balance though? To because you, you, I don't feel like you skimp out on your meals, right? Do you watch what you eat, or like how do you prepare? Because you do it every year. So how do you prepare? while you're eating all this good food at the same time? Well, I think moderation helps. But at the same time, I think when you have a regimen, like I try to run minimum about four times a week. Got it. And I think, you know, a few miles here and there just helps. Right? Okay. And it's just, uh, I think when when you build a schedule and you try to stick by it, it helps. You know, Got like it. As, as busy as anyone is, there are certain things that you feel like you must do during the day. And for me, for instance, it's like, all right, if I'm not at the office after work, you know, I'll try to get in a, a good run and then I'll, you know, I'll cook something, um, experiment on a new recipe for myself and you know, indulge a little bit. Are you, are a you single or dating <laughs> yeah. right are you now, with Jason? Somewhat. You're somewhat. Some, I, cause I will say you sound like the m- world's most eligible bachelor. Yeah. Finance what the fuck? can cook is heavily dedicated to running. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Uh, this is husband material. Yeah, this is husband <laughs> if material. I've ever seen it. As a husband, I can say this I'm is. I'm already a, wiped up, but husband. if I wasn't, yeah. if my life was different, no, he would hate me because I'd be like, I'll wake up whenever. <laughs> I'm not trying to go running with you. I'm not trying to. Wor- Do you sleep eight hours? Do you sleep? Some, well, I try to get in. Uh, I would say six. Seven That's pretty hours? solid. Yeah. Okay. That's enough sleep. Yeah. But if I can't do it, I would say on average, you know, five or six. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how you do cooking and you chef and you run and you also have a full time job. It's and incredible. Sleep. Yeah. This is great. You're killing it. I don't understand you, but it's fascinating to me as a as a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like as comics, we're just like How does wait, he do how, it? How do you do if I have it like I have a show this week on Thursday at mm-hmm. nine, mm-hmm. and I'm already tired. Yes, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> right I have now. one late at night on a Friday, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, how am I gonna do this? <laughs> and that's <laughs> and I will be doing like ten minutes of material, and I know on Thursday <laughs> I'm gonna sleep all day up until <laughs> nine o'clock, 
and get there late. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 Brian. I also, by you. the way, Jason was here probably like 15 minutes early. Yeah, I'm sorry, We're Jason. Okay, I'm sorry, Jason. I want to apologize to you. I was like, I hope he wasn't waiting super long. But I told you I was going to be late. I know. Did you, you told tell? Me. Did you tell well, Jason? Well, I, I was. I was actually to me. I was early because I got here at like 12:08, which is on. But on did you time communicate to Jason that I was going well, to be he, late? No, I didn't. I forgot. I'm Listen, sorry. I, I think you know. Sometimes <laughs> we all try to just hold it together. Like, believe me. Like, like you got you guys are giving me some like pretty easy questions, but trust me, like sometimes I'm doing my best to just hold it together. Okay, you know. Okay, but I feel fine. like you have it together. Yeah, you seem like you have it together. It. You're yeah. crushing it. I try to do my best. Oh, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Um. So what what was something that comes to mind? That cooking wise, uh, cooking wise, or something you ate when yeah, you, ha- you, ate when you were at a restaurant. Um, yeah, it can be anything. Eat of the week is just like whatever you remember from the week that was really like outstanding. Or if you ate something terrible, or I'd something like gross. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, well, I I was. Well, something I actually hosted a uh, small get together this week, so like mm. experimenting on, on a new recipe um, with um, with duck. So it's like a Ooh. duck soup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but I made like a like a. Uh, a consomme, if you will. Um, what is a consomme for the people? Yeah, for it's the like a, it's, normies. It's like a clarified broth. Okay. You know, like um, just take out a lot of the, the fat content. It's just like a really clean broth. You strain out all the fat, basically? Well, it's mm. not fat. It's like, you know, like if you look at a, a, a soup, for instance, right? And it's just like clear, beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, you know. Clean broth. Clean they call broth, it, yeah. pretty much. And then you could just have like underlying ingredients in there right. and just pour it over it. But, uh, yeah, I was testing out a new recipe um, and, um, you know, served it to a, to a friend um, and, you know, had a few um, ingredients in there, like with shiitake mushrooms, oh, man. Yeah. Duck, um, duck breast, and a poached egg. Oh, that just, sounds very yeah, good. And just yeah. like pour um, the, uh, the duck consomme over it. So, as a chef, do <laughs> yeah. you feel like I, I, as a home cook, yeah. I'll call myself. I feel like a poached egg almost can go on anything. I agree. Oh, it's a poached it egg. Well, like ramen. I'll put it on like uh, just like some potatoes. Yeah. You could put it on pasta. I put it on pasta. It's one of those things that just can't go wrong with anything. Yeah, it's you know, so like, good. You know, like only if you can't really make a poached egg like me. <laughs> that, oh, I can't. I can't that, properly poach an egg. That's the cool 2020, thing. Twenty twenty, I learned how to poach an egg. About poaching an egg is a lot of people don't know how to do it. So when you do it, people are like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Yeah, color me impressed. But once you do it, it's it's not that hard, right? So. And there's um, they sell these little baskets mm-hmm. if you don't want to. Oh yeah, yeah. Do the whole it, yeah. technique. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really easy. Mm-hmm. Or the shortcut is invest. Get like a cheap. SUV machine. Yeah. And it's like, it's Do a magic. It it's, a, it's, it's just magic. You, you just know? throw the egg into the bag, into the basically. Baggie, right? Yeah, it's like a water bath. You know, yeah, yeah. You just you know, set your temperatures and then, like, you know, leave it there for some time and you take it out. It's like perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you know? Okay. Fool everyone. Suvid. I love that. I feel like that's been like a very trendy thing. Yeah, it came back this year. So cooking being suvid. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes. It makes certain things a lot easier did it were chefs against it in the past because it was like cheating or like well i feel like people weren't into sous vide and then all of a sudden because of like um we were talking about yeah instagram made it really popular yeah like all the quick um it's kind of like microwaving a little bit (laughs) it's not as bad but it feels like that (laughs) like cheating like that you know I think I think it is um, transformative for the mm. industry. I think you know it depends on what side of the um, the spectrum you're on because okay. you always have you always have like the old school. You know, That's what it cuts, is, right? right? Yeah. But they eventually warm up to it okay. because I think from a practical, you know, just being um, the the practical value it brings, you know, to really any you know any kitchen. But at the same time, like with with the sous vide thing is that you also have to go for additional licenses and right that's like what's that. so that's interesting a, that's a yeah that's weird why well it's because the i guess if you don't cook it properly yeah you could real really hurt somebody well david <laughs> chang had this whole story about how when he opened his restaurant no restaurants in new york were doing sous vide and the um licensor came to his restaurant and they're like you can't serve sous vide no oh, one else does this. So he had to figure out, like, he was one of the first restaurants that had to figure out how to make it legal yeah. mm-hmm. wow. to serve sous vide uh, in a restaurant. Yep. Wow. And now I feel like it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's like... Fucking Starbucks has a sous vide yeah, egg. Yeah, I eat that egg <laughs> often. Yep. 
Which I don't think it's actually sous vide, though. I, it's not. It's, put, it's put in the microwave. Guy puts it in the microwave. <laughs> but the yeah. idea is there. It's in It's in a bl- plastic bag, and yep. he, he opens it for you, mm-hmm. puts it in the microwave, and then puts it in the container. Yes. <laughs> I eat it because when I'm keto, that's all I can eat. The it's egg, pretty good, it's though. egg, bacon, and yeah, it's good. And it's cheddar. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. What's your eat of the week? Um, I went with a comic slash storyteller um, to a delicious Indian place in Jersey City. It was called Biryani Darbar, and it was on Nork Avenue near okay. Journal Square, for those of you. Oh, yeah. A lot of good places to okay. eat in Journal Square. So good. It was. He's like, it's the best biryani in the area, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. the best. It was very fucking good. And then we had this other chicken. It was called like Magnificent Chicken, which had like curry and mustard, oh, mm-hmm. man, um, red good. onion, cilantro. Yep. It was just anything with red onion and cilantro. I mean, yeah. yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. Well, speaking about about things to eat for, you know, with the, a big trend, mm-hmm. avocado toast. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. What's your take? Well, well, how do you feel take? about it? It's it's avocado toast. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's guac. Yeah. It's guac. It's pretty much guac. You know, yeah. like I, it's a great um, margin for the business. You know, oh like, right, you, this you, was so crazy. Toast used to be free on the side. Pretty much, you put avocado <laughs> on it, fourteen dollars. Yeah, the margins are incredible, yeah, incredible. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess if you add, because sometimes they'll add shit to it, like maybe an egg or something. You can add the poached egg. Poached eggs poach are egg. like so expensive. Forty nine dollars later. <laughs> yeah. I've just had an egg um, on toast. Just wait. Some chefs are probably doing it out there right now, but I haven't, you know, um, it hasn't probably gone like mainstream yet, but truffle on top of Ooh, avocado toast. I would fuck with that. Or that's probably delicious. Right? Or maybe caviar. I feel like yeah. that's another thing, right? Like the high-end ingredients. Elevated. Truffle, <laughs> caviar on I everything mean, Back days, to David huh? Chang, his fried chicken <laughs> that he serves with caviar. With just caviar. just. Yeah. to do it yeah. Yeah. just cause cause you can <laughs> right why not he just fucking takes a drumstick and dips it in the caviar and like yeah yes we just do that I stand no. <laughs> I love that we just do that now yeah we're just fuck, fuck mustard fuck ketchup um, caviar I've, I make avocado toast at home cause it's easy and quick and yeah when you make it at home does yeah. it cost you, you can dollars? you can never order in a restaurant again because you know how easy it is yeah. to make yeah. you just peel the avocado mash it with the fork Right. Salt and pepper, maybe lemon juice. But I think that's mm-hmm. that's true for most that's things. It. Once you learn how to cook, you're like, why am no. I going out to eat to no, get this thing? Because some things, like the duck, I don't think that's so time consuming. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so some, and like, or if you want like a really nice cut of steak, like, yeah, th- there are certain things like seafood. I f- like I understand certain things you want to eat out, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, when it comes to like avocado toast or like, what's another very simple thing? That just gets blown out. A chicken sandwich. <laughs> Fried chicken sandwich. Yeah, but that is also time consuming. That We're is gonna time be technical because you gotta fry up the chicken and but do all that shit. I will say my homemade chicken sandwich is better than any of the ones I've had. Okay. But all Popeyes right. is. You know what's crazy with the Popeyes one? The Popeyes thing. <laughs> I had it again this week. It gets better every time you eat it. It's crazy. Wait, Brian, I have to tell you something. There is a KFC by my house. Oh, shit. And I never go there. I've been living in my house for three years, okay. and I never go to this KFC. Is I, this your true eat of the week? It might be. <laughs> I went, and I was like, for science, I have to try their chicken sandwich. You it's know what's literally crazy about their science. chicken so- sandwich? It's just been around for years. Yeah, yeah. no one talks and about it. no one it. cared about it. It's so... It's uh, comparable to Chick-fil-A flavor. Okay. It's mm-hmm. got the same kind of bun. It's got the same, maybe like whatever kind of mayo they're putting on it, the pickles, all that shit. Yeah. Um, it's just not spicy. It's the only <laughs> thing. Because I got the plain one, but um, it was very it good. It was good? It was very good. It wasn't just nice. regular good. It was very good. Yeah. I, I really ha- enjoyed I it. I had um, the spicy Popeye sandwich again this week. Yeah. It, on it, it the does train. get better. And <laughs> I was eating on the train. Is that also uh, yeah, that's a, a what's that's eating, a what's eating, eating I, know. I eat on the train all the time. But at least it wasn't that smelly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it I also I now. also eat halal on the train like a fucking awful, animal. <laughs> <Yeah>. awful. <laughs> I'm that piece of You're shit. You're canceled, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I'm bad. Oh, fuck. I, that's my thing that I do on the train. That's gross. Is like I eat on the train all the time. Yeah, you're disgusting. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. It's not and the and train, halal stinks. Halal stinks. A B. The train is top three most disgusting. <laughs> it's like eating in Yo, the bathroom. Okay, this is you're not, eating on the toilet. This is gross, dude. Like, <laughs> but sometimes it's like the only place I can eat, right? On the toilet, yeah. I get that. The <laughs> <laughs> but hey, my kids are bothering me. Multitasking. I, I, put, yeah. I put my drink on the fucking ground. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. 
and then I eat, and Bru- then I grab my drink off the ground. Oh. I mean, the lip never touches the ground, right. but just the idea that I I'm, am one hundred percent looking at you differently. I know. Today. I know. I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. It's gross. It. I know it's gross too. That's what's yeah, fucked up. And we hate you. And for I it. continue to do it. <laughs> um, my my heat of the week. I'm, get, I'm actually proud of myself. I cooked as well. Uh, I had chicken thighs in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And Always do. Yeah, so I was just like, what can I make with this? I didn't have anything like planned, yeah. but I knew I just wanted to make something. So I just took all the ingredients we had at home. I had um, cans of tomatoes and heavy cream. So I just made like a tomato cream sauce mm-hmm. with garlic, salt, and pepper, mm-hmm. and then fried the chicken thighs and then put that into the sauce. And just made like creamy chicken tomato <laughs> dish. <laughs> it was good. Was it good? And then, and then I threw pasta in it. Okay. It was good. I fuck with that. Yeah. That sounds good. So sounds all, delicious. Yeah. all I did was you take the can of tomatoes, I think like uh, maybe half a cup or a cup of heavy cream. You just kind of <laughs> stir that <laughs> in stir a pan. Salt, pepper, Hope garlic, uh, basil. Mm-hmm. And just like, dude, just if you just have shit in your fridge, you can make some pretty decent stuff. Yeah. You can. If you kind uh, of know what you're doing. Yeah, you can. All of, I just did olive oil, poultry seasoning, salt, pepper on the chicken, threw that in there, boiled some pasta, threw it on top. And my wife was like, this is so good. And I was like, this is just like shit we had left over in the fridge. <laughs> it works. Enjoy. Yeah, it was really good. Now, did you add a poached egg to it? Oh. Uh, I could have. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? A poached egg on top of would've the chicken would have been so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now we're thinking that just takes it to the next level. It would have been like, oh, out of this world. Next time I will. (laughs) Now you have to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So that was Eat of the Week, guys. Eat of the Week. Yum, yum, yum. And we'll be right back with our guilty pleasure. Ah. All right. We're back. It's time to reveal with Chef Jason Wong. Our guilty pleasures. This is going to be really interesting to me because, like I said, yeah. what's the best restaurant you've eaten at this year? You would say you've definitely had food at like Michelin star restaurants for sure, right? Like, what's one of the ones in the city that you've had recently? I was at the Modern. Um, oh, I haven't heard of this. I don't um, know what that is. It's the too exclusive. No, it's the restaurant that's connected to the Museum of Modern Art. Oh, um, oh shit! It's, um, there's the bar room. And the dining room. The dining room has a two Michelin star designation. Wow. Um, is it like a course? Yeah, you could go for the t- uh, the tasty menu uh-huh. or the more accessible side, which is the bar room. Okay. You can't go wrong with either choices. I think the, the you know the food there is um, beautifully crafted and it tastes um, equally well you know well done nice. you know very well thought out. And um, I don't think people think to eat there. Yeah, is it new? No, oh. it's been around. It's okay. actually under. Um, it's one of the restaurants that's under um, Denny Myers' umbrella. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Group. In New York, you think of like, uh, you know, Balud's restaurant. Mm-hmm. You think of David Chang. I, I I never thought of the Museum of Modern Art. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know Here about that. Yeah. So what was the um, tasting menu? Um, well, it uh, depends on what you go with. So okay. like um, on the tasting menu, you, you know, I think um, you, go, you know, you, you make your selections. Uh, it's like a six, I believe when we went that time, it's like a six, it's like a six um, um, course tasting menu. And you just, you know, you choose a la carte pretty oh, much. Oh, cool. It, you're giving Some places, like, you just, like, trust the chef and then just comes out. Right, right? yeah. yeah. Um, the setup over there is a little different, which is, um, well, I mean, you know, you pay the, um, you pay the, you know, the, the fixed price for the tasting menu. Mm-hmm. And then you effectively just choose the your pick you know your your uh, favorite picks out of the the menu over there cool um and i think it's a terrific experience what was the best thing you had if you can remember that's a tough one that is a tough one it was that good no like everything was just like it's it's um i went earlier on in the year oh gotcha gotcha. oh so you don't even remember remember. Um, i just remember enjoying it (laughs) um go for the duck I think mm. they had oh, a, you're a big fan. Of, I so big duck, duck fan. Yeah, the duck you prepared was that like a French style? No, duck? it actually has uh, more of a Asian um, yeah so um, we'll, profile to it. I kind of think the duck you can get here in <laughs> Chinatown is better than any fancy like confit or whatever kind of duck I've ever had. Like, there's a spot right around the corner that serves duck and roast pork for five dollars yeah. over mm-hmm. rice. That's the best duck I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes it's just what's simple well the thing is there's a french restaurant that my wife and i go to a lot um near where we live in harlem Mm -hmm. and they do like the confit and like they do the duck laurent they do all the fancy duck yeah yeah. and it's very good Mm -hmm. but for me I want the duck hanging in the window. I don't yeah, know. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I want to see the duck yeah. look in its eyes before I love the I eat sauce it. that goes on top. I don't know. I, the, the Chinese style duck is, that's my favorite of all time. I so feel you're like. saying you're Asian <laughs> and you have very specific Asian tendencies. I guess. Tendencies. I don't know. But I just, French technique duck, I feel like is almost too. It's like snooty? Not snoot. Like they don't use like all of the duck. I love how Asians use the whole duck. Yeah, mm. you know. Okay. Well, technically, I, I was I was a um, like if you go to if you go to you know some of these classic French restaurants, you usually serve like a small portion mm-hmm. usually, but actually a lot of the time like every part of the duck tends to be used. Like oh, the bones, I see. For instance, I right? see. I see. Could be used for stock, you know, or mm-hmm. even um, um, you know for the flavoring at least. You could you know use the stock or for the sauce right. for instance, right? It's the same derivation, right? The the bones are actually one of the best things to be used. Um, this is incredible. See, in my yeah. simple mind, I'm just like, this is just a duck breast. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so like my family usually gets like a duck at Thanksgiving yeah. to do with the turkey. And it's just like that Asian style where the whole thing is just chopped up and, you know, you get this. So in my head, like, this is better because there's more. But mm. it's actually, like you are saying, in reality, they're also using the whole duck. Just in, in a, a different way. Different in a different, different manner. Right. Different right. Manner. Hold right. on. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about disgusting, <laughs> depraved things <laughs> right. right now. So, no, I just wanted to juxtapose because <laughs> Jason eats very well. So I want to know now, what is your guilty pleasure? What's something that your chef buddies... David Kinch and Daniel Ballou would just be like, oh, man, I can't believe you eat this. And you actually love. I want to know your guilty pleasure. Yes. Oh. We already know that Brian is eating halal on the train. <laughs> so what are you eating? Um, well, halal will be up there, I would say. You know, it's, um, it's like but it's not, that's not disgusting. He's eating it on the train. <laughs> that's what makes it guilty. That's what makes him a bad person. Well, you know what is interesting? When your friends from New York or who aren't from New York come to visit... And you, you're like, oh, we can just grab something to eat on the way. They're like, wait, you can just get food on the side of the street? On the street, <laughs> yes. Street meat, it's called. And they're like, doesn't like fumes and shit get on the food? Yes. And I never thought of that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think we about that either. street ship with like motor oil oh, and Oh, yeah. yeah. This is how I got cancer. Right, We're right, learning. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what is your guilty pleasure food? Um, so sometimes I do have like this craving for sweets, right? Mm-hmm. And I think something disgusting that i probably <laughs> could eat a whole boatload of it's like maraschino cherries oh really? yeah i could eat the, i could do the same i, I understand you it's like I, a one-way ticket to diabetes yeah <laughs> Man. i love them you i can did just pop those i used to eat the jar what the whole thing this is crazy to me i, I don't like have, them now i can have like two no tops. no chocolate covered cherries Ooh, baby. you just do it do chocolate clo- covered or do you just because it has the maraschino cherry and the juice on the inside yeah. so it just bursts hey. open oh my goodness <laughs> you guys are insane yeah that's this is uh this is mental illness for sure for sure that is and it's in the sugar sauce it's yeah super sweet oh, you know? yeah, like, yeah 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 like i get you it's like one once every blue moon you get this like sh- for me, at least, uh-huh. right? I get this craving for sugar. You and just get the jar. <laughs> and I was like, let's just go to like you know like a BJ's, a Costco, <laughs> and just like get like a big jar. Oh my god! And I'm like, all right, that's crazy. I'll do like two on some no. whipped cream or ice cream. You guys are wild. Well, just let's see pop. how let's see how your marathon friends feel about this episode <laughs> once they hear you're drinking whole jars well, of the, maraschino cherry liquid. You know when you eat a lot of sugar and your mouth starts to get so yes. dry? Yeah. Like I can't imagine eating that many. No, you drink the sugar water at the end. <laughs> what do you not understand, Brian? Truly a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's guilt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my god. He he like cringed while he was telling us. He's like, I didn't want to reveal. So this, this is what you were talking about yeah. when uh, you're barely keeping it together. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. You're one barely of my holding like, on. One of my like low periods, <laughs> you know. Put, put on like a like a really probably like a old school like you know slow song or something. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get and it. And then start eating. Lights down low. Yeah. Lights down low. You know, one of those days. You know, like. Oh man. <laughs> Speaking of sweets, so my guilty pleasure this week, I think, is um, Christmas crack. You know about this? No, is what this is a white this? people thing? Okay, so it it is a white people thing. It must be. 
um, the base is either saltine crackers or pretzels. Uh-huh. So that's the base. It goes on oh, the bottom. Oh, okay, okay. And then you make caramel. So you have your sugar. You put that over. And then you melt uh, chocolate on top. Ah. And it's Christmas crack. You usually get it around Christmas time. It is salty, sweet, that's perfect. Oh, exactly it is what you want. Delicious and perfect. So there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But the way that I eat it, there's something wrong with it. Because <laughs> I am binge eating in my bed this thing with chocolate all over it. In your bed? In my bed for okay. sure. Okay. The best way Wait, to eat any food. Wait, we shit on me for eating on the train. <laughs> eating yeah. in your bed is another level. Is it? It's private. No one needs to know. I'm only telling you guys okay, this. But here's the context of eating on the train. Eating on the train is like. I have somewhere to go. I have no time to eat. Eating no. in your bed, a lot of I shit has gone no wrong. I have no place to yeah. be. <laughs> I am watching Bob's Burgers. I am eating That's Christmas That's the other crack. thing, too. I'm getting Ariel, chocolate. I don't want to be eating on the train. I have to eat on the train. If you're oh, eating in bed, I wanna be. you want to I want to be there. It's soft there. It's warm. I put on this little light by my bed, so it's just like <laughs> mood lighting. See, this is sick. You have a whole ritual. Oh, I have a ritual. And so my boyfriend is out of town this week, so this is where I'm getting my prime in-bed uh-huh. eating. Oh, my God. Oh, now he knows my truth, and I'm going to be so fat by the time this, he gets back. This is the... Um, this is the beginning of my 500 pound life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this oh, is how this is the how your voiceover starts. Oh, <laughs> I don't like I'm eating Christmas crack, and this is how it begins. It it's all so started good. when I started eating in bed <laughs> with my little special light. <laughs> <laughs> Fosberg is falling asleep, waking back up at two in the morning, eating another bite. That is going the best. Back. Yeah, I'm not well for sure. That is the best. Yeah, that's my that's when you, my guilty. When you eat, not so guilty. And then leave the food out because mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna take a nap and wake up <laughs> and eat it more later. Yeah. That is the best. Yeah, yeah, I'm not okay. I'm unwell. Yeah, my guilty pleasure is um, on Saturday we were l- making gingerbread houses. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. So we were like. Oh, let's order some pizza, right? Mm-hmm. We have like great pizza around us. Mm-hmm. So good. But I was like, let's get Little Caesar. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the more than one this year. We've done this twice now. Yeah. Three times maybe. <laughs> just once in a while. I just crave like shitty Little Caesars because that's what I ate in my early 20s. Mm. $5. I posted about Little Caesars. Did you get inspired by that post? Uh, maybe subconsciously. Yeah, I think you might have. I grew up eating that because it's like when I was in my early 20s and had no money, that was like a great meal. Also, my wife and I, when we first started dating, we would get a Little Caesars pizza and then sneak it into the drive-in mm-hmm. and eat in our car while yeah. we watch the movie. So it has like this weird um, comfort, like comforting yeah. soft spot in my mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like the holidays and <laughs> we could have got like some really nice pizza. <laughs> and I was like, let's get Little Caesars. Oh. And of course we got the crazy bread with oh, the crazy sauce. Oh, oh. And they don't even serve <laughs> like the regular Coca-Cola. They have like Sierra Mist. They don't, no. they can't, yeah, they don't even it's have Sprite. For poor whites. <laughs> yeah. It's for a specific like, demographic. The only way I can get Little Caesars where I live is if I go to a Kmart. It's inside <laughs> of the Kmart. So it's hitting a certain demographic. Yeah. I got to go get a gun. <laughs> yeah. And I got to get you're Little Caesars. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a man of the people. I eat on the train. I eat Little Caesars. Yeah, you're. Um, no, I, I don't know why. It just It's like a comforting. Mm-hmm. It's soul food. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate that you've called Little Caesars soul food. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Little Caesars, you know. Um, don't don't encourage no, I'm it. I'm serious because one of my guilty pleasures sometimes is like McDonald's chicken yeah. nuggets. Like oh. you go for, you go for like a twenty piece run, or yes. maybe sometimes you know a forty piece run. I know, love like it. We um, dude, I Jason, when you go off, you really go off. Yeah, you're it's really. Not, it's not, not just okay. like one thing it's like i have to eat a whole jar of maraschino cherries and a 40 piece <laughs> run of chicken the other day i met my my boyfriend's grandma for the first time okay and she was sick so she's like can you bring me food and we were already going to go to popeyes uh-huh. we we're going to get chicken sandwiches so we're trying to talk to her like talk her into getting a chicken sandwich sure. on the phone we're like well chicken would be really good to make you feel better and she's like no i think i want mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> and we're like for real so we had to take a special trip to mcdonald's for his grandma and then I'm eating all the fries yeah. that you know fell in the bag, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is real good." McDonald's There's something good. about McDonald's that hits, that hits the it, soul. It's from it's another thing like that's from your childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, you're eating like those happy memories. Yeah, that might be it. Because you know it's what's not crazy good. is that uh, they did that um, supersize movie, supersize yeah. me, and they showed you that 
the chicken nugget is made with like the whole chicken. Yeah. yeah. And it made it, me the hungry. The beak and yeah. the feet go in yeah. there and they just make it into this paste. Chicken beaks and buttholes. And yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I still don't care. <laughs> yeah. It made, and watching the founder too made me so hungry. And it's like yeah. all about this evil fucking corporation. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh. It's so crazy when Wendy's is like, our chicken nuggets are all white meat chicken breasts. And, and I'm still like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they taste like, like Yeah, you're right. They are all white yeah. meat. Hey, <laughs> did you see? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, my wife is here. Yeah. She's shopping. Yeah. Um, I, I thought she was here to surprise you. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, we came together. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, it was for me. Wow, what a good segment. Yeah. Our guilty pleasures were incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Now you know my truth. <laughs> like, ah! People will think less of us now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they already thought less of us. <laughs> we had Shalewa on the show, and there's no guiltier pleasure than Shalewa's Italian nachos. Italian nachos. <laughs> Nothing guiltier. She eats nachos with uh, marinara sauce. Oh. Yeah, and pretty, loves it. Pretty it's wild. pretty delicious. And oh, you've done this? No, but... This wasn't even a guilty say, pleasure. I would say anything crunchy and, you know, dip, dip in, ma- in like marinara, it's... You're too positive about this. <laughs> <laughs> You're way too positive. Actually, if you did a little mozzarella, it's almost like a uh, mozzarella stick in a way. Pretty much. But I just flat. No, it is. Yes. No. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely a not. A little bit. Not okay. Unwell. I don't know what's the designation of like salsa and marinara almost have the same ingredients. Almost. Almost. But they don't. Almost doesn't count, Brian. <laughs> But it's just funny that one's okay and one's like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tomato based. That's true. That's yeah, true. Tomato based. Yeah. Uh, All right. That was guilty pleasure. Was we'll be right back with food news. Food news. In two seconds. It's time for food news. Uh, we're wrapping up the year. Uh, one of the interesting stories I saw was food trends of two thousand of the two thousand tens, and I thought it would be like a dish or like. Uh, a cooking technique but what this blog said and what we talked about before we started recording is that the biggest food trend was people instagramming their food yeah and i was like that's so true mm-hmm. everyone does it and you s- remember when it first started everyone's like oh look at this fucking asshole and now it's not even like it's yeah, not even weird if you, I, I do it because of we had the podcast too but i do it every time now yeah. and i don't f- even feel ashamed anymore <laughs> I still feel shame for sure, especially if I don't get a good picture of it. I'm not going to post that. And people post the ugliest fucking pictures of their food. If it just tastes good and is ugly, then why do you need to share with just eat it? (laughs) That's true. You're not (laughs) tweet about it. Really into it. But no. Yeah. Jason, you must feel good. Uh, What's what was the um, food stall that you ran at the Queens Night Market? It's called um, Putin Dumplings. Right. And it it was uh, like Russian style dumplings, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, my friend Dan, um, Daniel and I we started it. You That's know. awesome. Are you guys gonna come back for the summer? Unfortunately, not this year. Got um, it. Daniel moved to um, Boston, oh, um, right. so we had to take um, put the project on a pause. But yeah. it must have felt good when people were like taking pictures of you guys and of your food and like putting it on social media, right? It was, take it ugly was great. Pictures of it was food. great. It yeah. was. Uh, was <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually, at the at the night market, right? Like you can't really serve it in a in you know pretty it up it has to be in like the school lunch right. little yeah. tray right. right yeah well we did the best we can and actually <laughs> it's um very presentable and like i feel like that now because night markets have become so trendy yep. is that the presentation people actually go for that look now though mm-hmm. the more um rough around the edges look than yep. the, the very clean like french style like mm-hmm. one little line of sauce yeah. you know what i mean now Anti it's just like in. yeah it's like oh no this is served in like that red and white lunch tray with mm-hmm. wax paper right. and we just throw it in there with sauce and right. it's all good yeah and i think that gives people somewhat of like especially for white people <laughs> when they go like oh we're going all the way to flushing to eat at a night market it yeah. gives them like street cred to be like yeah. look, we got this um russian dumpling spot and look they serve it in this like paper tray I, I feel like now <laughs> it's hip to do that yeah they're like we are in the ghetto we had to get on the seven and it was just like latins and asians it was weird it was weird. so crazy <laughs> but they fed us it was nice <laughs> well, the Queens Landmark is, is actually one of the the, the gems, I think, for uh, sure in the, in, in the city. There's so many night markets out there right mm, now. Well, in general, so not even like night markets, but like I markets. I mean, where we are know. here, Canal right. Street Market is like that style of market with right. the, an eclectic group of uh, restaurants and um, retail, and then they have a podcast studio. Yeah. But yeah, this is right in line with that. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. It's it's another one of those trends for this decade, I think. Like like the the access that whether it be digital media or just like the the vendors, the non traditional restaurant model pretty much, you right. know, has taken hold, right? And whether you're a home cook uh, or just someone with an idea, you owe it to yourself to get it out there. You for know? sure. Because yeah. it doesn't have to taste the best, per se. <laughs> you uh, know what? That's so true. Yeah. Because when you go to these night markets in, like, Schmorgersburg, like, I expected everything to be top-notch. Right. And I'm like, oh, this place tricked me. They just have really good social media. Yeah. Because yeah. very few places are extraordinary, like you were saying. Um, a lot of them just take really good pictures. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is exactly like stand-up comedy. It's exactly 100%. like stand-up comedy. Did you guys ever eat the ramen burger? It was really no, popular. Yeah, no, it. it didn't look Not good Not that me. good, right? Not but it seems the line disgusting. was like two hours long. Yeah. Get, give me a regular burger any day. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, we perfected burgers. That's but, it. But, but here's another trend, though. You know, the unfortunate part of that is that you actually do have some really great restaurants mm. um, closing mm. um, this decade because they can't afford the rent anymore. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm all for the win for individuals who could just don't follow that traditional restaurant model. But unfortunately, when it comes to to rent, I think there should be some type of like rent control, you know, for rest- for sure. So maybe for restaurants or something, yeah. or like some type of equal partnership between, you know, like uh, between the renter and mm-hmm. and you know the the landlord. Because unfortunately, you know, you do see some great establishments just closing. Because you you'll they- see restaurants that are packed every night, yeah, shut down, right? And it's not because of health code violation. Mm-hmm. It's not because they don't have. Um, Patrons, it's literally just because the rent got too high. Right, right. The rent is too damn and high. And that's probably the most important thing in the restaurant business right. is your margin, right? It's your margin. I mean, if, if the rent, I mean, rent is the biggest thing. Rent can say, kill right? the whole business, right. Right? right? And then there's, you know, labor. Labor is another big question mark sometimes right. because high turnover in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just don't find good talent because, right. like, for instance, one of the one of my one of my friends, he's a he's a chef, and he has this wonderful restaurant up on the Upper West Side called Mokum. It's on Amsterdam and 84th. Oh, that's um, near me. Yeah, sure. I'm on one three there. I'll check it out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, let me know. Take you in for a meal. Hell you know, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Ooh. Yes. And um, me too. Me too. Yeah, Ariel as Please well. Please join yeah, us. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm gonna eat halal on the train, <laughs> and then I'll for cook. me. <laughs> but like, even even for new restaurants or even established restaurants, sometimes like finding good reliable talent. It's like you you have a cook who's who's like, all right, I'll show up, chef. Thank you for the opportunity. And then come his like sh- shift. Nope. No show. And you're like, oh, holy damn. shit, what do I do now? And then it's hard to retain talent because yeah. chefs, I think, nowadays also want to create their own businesses right. as well, right? right? So if you get this really good cook, he might not stick around because he wants to create his own opportunity sure. as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, so well, those are just the constant variables that you right. deal with you know, when running a, a restaurant business. Looking down the road for yourself personally, do you want to do a less traditional place, like maybe run a space somewhere like a night market? Or would you want to have like a more traditional brick and mortar restaurant i would right now i would say the former the non-traditional yeah. concept uh, one of my good friends um nigel siet he's actually um he actually owns moo man actually okay so he and i we've been thinking about you know starting off with like a supper club idea something mm. small you know, you know that's mm. so cool because uh you know the story behind mission chinese our friend young me who she's a comedian now but her has her ex-husband is uh danny bowen and they just ran like pop-ups. Yeah, pop-ups. And then it became a, a yeah, traditional brick it. and mortar. Right. But supper clubs are so cool. Like that's the stuff where you can really take off on social media because people like it's very exclusive. Right. You can't get into it all the time. And like that stuff can blow up. That's really cool. I love that. Right. Put us on the list for yeah, the Yeah, put it, I'm club. in. We're you there. got it. I'll bring cherries. You got it. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be the main dessert, you know. Just uh, straight up cherries. Just straight uh, up cherries. <laughs> we'll uh, wrap up. Thank you so much for coming, Jason, and taking your lunch break yeah, to hang out with us, man. Well, thank you for not eating on your I lunch really, break. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, where can people check you out? Like, what do you have in the works? Uh, can people follow you online if they want to? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. You know, uh, Jason H underscore NY. Um, I haven't been posting much because um, the latter part of 2019 has been just, um, just been. A lot about change. You know? I got you. I yeah. recently moved over to a new job and, um, you know, it's, um, have been sort of getting back into more of the cooking environment. Yeah. Um, so one thing to look out for is that supper club thing. Yeah. Uh, so my friend Nigel and I were still sort of working on it. 
And uh, definitely also go check out Moomen. Uh, um, Let's do it. They, they just opened up uh, one of these vendor spots down by um, down by the market line, actually. So okay. That's, okay. Um, so in the interim, you know, the latter part of 2019 has just been in flux with a lot of change. But yeah. like, I'm looking forward to 2020 and getting to, you know, having these ideas come to fruition. Yes. Awesome. We will be there for the Supper Club. That sounds we so dope. sure will. And Thank we'll have you. you back. You can come tell us all about it, too. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank yeah. you for so having much. me. Happy holidays. Happy you holidays, too, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. This is What's Eating You. Give us a subscription and a five-star rating, please, yeah. on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're on Spotify and uh, Stitcher and all those great all places. Yeah, I'm Brian Yang. Follow me on Twitter, at Brian Yang on Instagram, at Brian L. Yang, BrianYang.com. Ariel? I am Ariel E.A.T. You can follow me on the internet, at Ariel E.A.T. on Twitter and Instagram and ArielComedy.com. And as always, we're presented by Listening Party, and we're recording inside Canal Street Radio. Follow the crew on Instagram, at Listening Party Presents, and at Canal Street Market. It's Christmas! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's Christmas Day. If you celebrate, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.